This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 19th, episode 2685, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning. I feel like we haven't done the disclaimer in a while, so I'll do that today. We want to welcome any new listeners to the show. If you're brand new here, Jamie and I are here Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We hang out with you for a little over an hour, and then we hang out with our, our private group of auditors who ha- who support the network by doing little donations. We hang out with them for a few minutes after every show. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have special monthly episodes that we do and provide a little different perspective on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll talk about one of those today, actually, coming up. But we ask that you give us a week. You got to figure it out. We've been doing this show for 2,685 episodes. That's 10 years plus. So uh, give it a week. Give it a chance. There's some inside jokes. We try and explain them. We don't always remember to because, again, we've been doing this for a long time. So and And we have many, many, many listeners that have been listening since we started. So just give us give us a chance. That's all we ask. Well, I got a place for us to buy as a collective. Let's all get together. You know how they do those uh, horses for the racehorses? You, what's that called? A syndicate. Okay. I think we should do a horse radio network syndicate and buy the Ocala Jockey Club. It's up for Ooh. sale. It's a gated equestrian retreat situated on 922 acres here in Ocala. That's a retreat. Yeah. Uh, so it is, uh, it was, you know, originally for Thoroughbred Farm. Uh, they've been using it recently for having shows. There was a three-star event here in the fall every year. It's just a magnificent property. It really is. It actually has some hills. It is it, One of the hills is the second tallest hill in all of Florida. Wow, Cliff Clavin, way to bring that strong knowledge. Now, now um, let me explain that it's 200 feet high. <laughs> so. It's not a mountain. So it's not a mountain. No, no. Our tallest hill in Florida is 275 feet high. So there you go. Up in the panhandle. Really big one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is. They have a clubhouse that's 10,000 square feet. There's seven barns, paddocks, grass arenas, an extensive trail system, and a five-eighth mile training track. So I think that if, you know, if we built like a dormitory type big house on this property, you know, they do weddings there, special events. There's a chef's kitchen, a big copper fireplace. I think that we could run this and make a fortune. What do you think? I'm I'm in. I have at least $12 I can spare. Well, I'm figuring if we have 10,000 listeners, divide that by 16.5 million, by the way, is what they're asking for this. Uh, 16.5 million divided by 10,000 listeners is still a lot more money than any of us has to put in. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you can't do that math. And you know what? Chad's Bitcoin dropped like a rock yesterday, so he can't afford oh, it either. darn it. Yeah, the Bitcoins went through the floor yesterday. So Chad's poorer today. If he's grouchy, you'll know why. Uh, you uh, know what? 
I'm glad you told me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think he's going to be helping us out. But anyway, it's for sale. If anybody's interested, you can uh, you can just look that up. We have Dr. Lauren Proctor-Brown, who was on with us before. She's doing our Purina Health segment today. And she's from Team Resolute. She joins us to talk about how they care and train polo ponies, because she's a polo person. Uh, Sarah from Horse Illustrated joins us to tell us what's in store for the new Horse Illustrated monthly segment that's star- or episode that's starting next week. They'll be the fourth Tuesday of every month. And Jamie has some weird news, thanks to all you guys helping out. Yeah, so there's that, a lot of them. All that's coming up on today's show. I have no birthdays. None today. There's, you had to actually think about what you were going to do a daily well, Winnie too. I wanted to do this anyway today, so I thought I'd make it my daily Winnie. Do, you remember Dr. Chelsea, our auditor we talked about last year that went to school for like 14 years and now has two doctorates or whatever? She's yeah. like super smart. Well, she works in, uh, right now, has uh, ha, and has for years worked in the study of colorectal cancer. And she put out a PSA yesterday on her page, and I shared it this morning. So it just reminded me to remind everybody that it's time to get tested. Uh, U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, which I have no idea what that is, but it sounds important, has officially lowered the age of colorectal cancer screening from 50 to 45. So if you're 45 years old now, they're recommending you get screening. And apparently uh, it, this is this is being made public to doctors across the country and insurance companies are getting on board. And, you, and really at age 45, they're recommending, Jennifer just did this actually, they're recommending the home screening test that you mail in. So you don't necessarily have to go what I do what I did three times last year and do a colonoscopy. Um, so talk to your family doctor, but, you know, get it done. Start getting checked at 45. The highest increase in cancer in the country is colorectal cancer for people under 50. Man, I got to do that and get a mammogram. Yep. I'm just getting squeezed all around. Both ends. <laughs> so top and bottom. Uh, so yeah, fun. I just recommend you do it. You know, it saved my life last year. So uh, it's it's very important to take a look at. And I just wanted to give everybody a reminder. I will not bug you about this all the time, maybe once a year. Okay. Okay. I've got a couple things. First of all, I sent out a call to listeners that are not auditors because I feel like we really get to know the auditors in the Facebook page and, and, uh, people reach out to us a, a little bit easier if you are an auditor, but I invited, uh, non auditors because I want to know who you are too. I'm really interested in getting to know all of our listeners. Just if you listen to the show, send me an email, jamie at horseradionetwork.com, and uh, send me a picture of you and your horse. Uh, everything needs to be appropriate. Can I give a um, disclaimer here? Um, if you're sending hate mail, do not send it to Jamie. Uh, she does not do well with that. Send I that do actually do well. I will, just, I will just throw you under the bus on the air <laughs> if you're sending me hate mail. Did you get some? I, I did. I would not hate mail. Oh. Um, I got a lovely email from Thomas who sent me a picture of his amazing unicorn. And I wanted to say, hi, Thomas. And I haven't written anybody back yet because I've had <clears throat> one of those weeks. So anyway, Thomas, you're awesome. I'm so excited to meet you. And also I got a lovely communication with Melanie. So Melanie also wrote in Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Send me a picture of your horse. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I feel like I tell everybody all about me. All the time. Yeah, you do. And I'm yeah. sick of me. So I want to hear about somebody else. I'm kind of sick of both of us, to be actually honest. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to talk about, I have another another Daily Winnie, but I think this one requires the, this, 
the sound effect. Oh, it does. Okay. Well, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Two Daily Winnies. And I wanted to hear the little baby Winnie again, because as of today, Debonair is being collected and semen is being shipped on an airplane directly to Oklahoma City Airport, where then a courier will pick it up. It will not be until tonight because she will then, because it takes that long to get it in, uh, it will be delivered around 8 o'clock tonight where a courier will then go pick it up and deliver it to my veterinarian's at the equine hospital where Pink is actually sitting there waiting Arms open for her new husband to come through. She, she's a widower. She lost her last husband. So, uh, and this is what I tell my son. Uh, she's getting a new husband and he's coming in the, in an airplane <laughs> in a box all the way from California, directs you Oklahoma, where she will be getting married to Devon Air, uh, another horse who doesn't get to live with us, but you know, they're getting married so they can have babies. Uh, so then we're gonna, she'll be bred tomorrow. This is how sciencey it gets, Glenn. Uh, yeah, so she's gonna, uh, looks like she's gonna ovulate around lunchtime tomorrow. So if we get this semen in tonight, we can put it in her in the morning just in time for her to ovulate. Now, will you be how there you- for the consummation of this marriage? Well, I'm just like, how do you know that? <laughs> Are you going to head over? <laughs> um, yeah, I probably will head over there because I've got to bring her home. <laughs> oh, you know, somebody has to be the best man. You know, <laughs> you're right. I need photos. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know, it was really hard for her to move on after Ruben Yon passed away last year. And, um, you know, she's well, you really know, being brave. In the olden days, when you got married and when humans got married, uh, you went to the bed chamber and the entire family was around the edges and watched. So there oh, you God. go. You're kidding me, right? No, no, that's true. Okay, well, um, yes, I will not. I, you know what? Maybe I'll skip it. I'm going to break tradition. But she is um, she is moving on since her last husband passed. And, um, you know, she's a single mom. So she needs a little help. So, yay! Everybody think happy baby thoughts. Well, I know you, a lot of our auditors yeah, are breeding their that. horses, too. A lot yeah. of them are breeding this year. So good, well, good luck, too. Well, what's your horse's name again? Her well, her name is we call her Pink. Her Pink. name is yes. her registered. She's very fancy, by the way. She I did not buy her. She was d- kind of dumped on me, uh, but I welcomed her with open arms because she's a very incredibly well bred Oldenburg mare. Uh, so her name is Surprise, and she, um, yeah, so she's she's pretty fancy. She, you know, I always say spay, neuter, and geld, and and breed the best of the best to get the best is what I always say. Well, and so she's I have a lovely confidence this time. It's going to be a black colt. Exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. I just choked on my words when you said that. <laughs> let me, let me explain to new listeners. I have, I bred pink the first time to Rubion, a black stallion. And all I, I just knew it was going to be a black colt. I just knew it was going to be a black colt and pink is chestnut. Uh, and, uh, it came out of chestnut Philly. <laughs> of course I get a red mare, which she ended up being super nice. So we actually bred pink again, two years later, same husband, Ruben Yon. Come on, black colt, come on, black colt. Just get, you know what? At this point, just give me a boy. I just want a boy. Uh, so I can yell it <laughs> and it came out a boy. It's a boy. I was so excited. Like I actually had to look two or three times and I live streamed. If you recall yes, the birth and the first steps and everything, recall. people watched it for like hours. It was crazy. Um, 
so I did that. And so it is, was a boy, but he's a bay. Um, and now Devonera is also a black colt, also a black stallion, not homozygous. So it's, it could be a chestnut filly. It just could. <laughs> and I'm fully expecting it to be. A Good. Chestnut well, then filly. you won't be disappointed. <laughs> it's like, Solid. The, it's like the dad who wants a son and gets four daughters, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, uh, something fun. We're going to keep it on the fun. You know, I had a story about the whole racing thing in New York and Bob Baffert. You can look it up. I'm not going to cover it because it, it's not fun. But I have some fun. There there was a documentary that was on Netflix that we watched a little while back called Dark Horse. It was made in 2015. I think it's still on Netflix. It's about this little Welsh town who decides to get a racehorse. They want to buy a racehorse. And they all get together and literally they all donate like $10 a week. And they stop by the bar because the bartender, her name is Jan in real her life. Her name is Tony Collette. No. She's an amazing <laughs> actress. And that she it was she's so brilliant for getting this. Oh wait, the there this actually is a real, was a real person named uh, Jan who worked at the bar as the bartender. And it was for her brilliant idea. Well, basically, she was bored. And it was a little boring town. Everybody was bored. So she decided that they needed some excitement in life. So she convinced them all to donate to this racehorse project. And they would stop by the bar and drop off their $10. And she'd collect the money until they had enough money to buy a racehorse. I don't want to give it all away. But that's the basic gist of the story. And they... I got to tell you, the documentary is fascinating because they obviously followed the real people. Uh, and it is this. Now, the documentary, I will say, <laughs> I'll say this. It's a Welsh town. If anybody's ever been to Wales, you'll know that the accents are really thick. And I think I understood about half of what they were saying in the documentary. They should have subtitled it. Mm -hmm. because <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, they made a movie. So they've done a movie of this true story, and it's out. And guess what? It's coming to theaters. I checked oh. this weekend in Ocala. First of all, I didn't even know the theater was back open again, but apparently it is. It's coming to the theater in Ocala. So probably going to be in the theater near you. So your first, this is why I'm so excited. Your first time back to the theater could be to watch a horse movie. How exciting is that? And I have <clears> the trailer. You want to hear it? Oh, my God, yes. I'm so excited okay. about this movie. All right. I am, too. And I, I saw the documentary, and from what I've seen of the trailer, it works. And um, for some reason, the trailer's not bringing me any sound. So let me try that oh, again. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's muted. Try and mute it. <laughs> oh, let me try YouTube. Hold on one second. I went to dreamhorsemovie.com. That's where I have it. I know. It's playing, and it's just got no sound. Well, Jamie, I can't get... My computer crashed. I can't get that uh, sound file to play, the trailer, but we'll play it later, okay? Yes. I'm rebooting. We'll play it later, yes. but right now I wanted to get Sarah on, who's our brand new co-host for Horses in the Morning with the new, brand new Horse Illustrated episode, which is yes, going to happen Sarah! the fourth Tuesday of every month. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Jamie. I'm, I'm excited, Glenn, because I love everything about the magazine, and I love everything about Sarah. I'm so excited that Horse... I'm, I'm a subscriber. Like, I'm so excited Horse Illustrated is joining the family. Well, we love hearing that you love the magazine. That's always a great thing to hear. And it's one of those magazines that's been around for forever, right, Sarah? Yeah, we have 45 years this, this year. So it started uh, around 1976, so... 
You know, yeah. I look forward to the being celebrating the 50th anniversary. That'll be. Were you even born when this was started, Jamie? Glenn, I've subscribed to Horse Illustrated when I was a kid. Now, Sarah, this is a time I really need to talk to you. <clears throat> this is going to be serious. <laughs> so as a child, I would get my Horse Illustrated. It would come in the mail. It was bound together by staples. And in the very center of the magazine was the centerfold. And the centerfold was a horse. Like an um, amazing photo of the horse. And I am, uh, now that I'm subscribing as an adult... Where's the centerfold, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I wasn't around with the magazine when that was changed, but we do have it in Young Rider. So if you want to subscribe to Young Rider and then pass it on oh. to, you know, a youth, then you can uh, get get the poster with that magazine. Okay. So you've just, you've taken that gem and you've moved it to a place where it probably is more appropriate <laughs> because... <laughs> I, as a youth, did take every centerfold that I got and hung it on the wall. And uh, you know what? I might get divorced if I did that again. <laughs> well, you know, I did the same thing when I was younger and I had all the posters all over by the back of my door and around my room. So, yeah, sounds very <laughs> familiar. Okay, I'll let you off on this one then. Okay, carry on. <laughs> carry on, Glenn. Now that I've just, I feel like we've cleansed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, tell us what you're going to be here the fourth Tuesday of every month, and uh, you and I are going to do the first one together. What, uh, what's the plan for the content for the Horse Illustrated episode? Well, we have, we'll have a lot of variety in guests, but we cover a bunch of different segments. Like we've got Horsing Around, which talks about the horse industry. And shiny, happy horses. We can talk about grooming or nutrition. Like, the sky's the limit for the topics that we can talk about with horse care. I mean, just so much that we can cover. Senior horse care, young horse care. Then there's at the barn where you can talk about pest control and barns and stalls and arenas. And then, of course, we can't forget the horsemanship how-tos because our magazine has English and Western training tips every issue and so we can cover different and we also have a horse behavior column that appears frequently not quite every issue but it appears frequently so anything like that and then we have notable equestrians that we have featured in the features of the magazine but also we have a horse people column and that's kind of my favorite where i love interviewing horse people that have done like just amazing things and then one of our most popular sections of the magazine, which we will tie in with the podcast, is like Equistyle. And people love reading about our travel and horse destinations, rider fitness, fashion, barn and home decor. There's any number of topics we can cover. but And then also uh, covering like interviews with authors and artists and horse TV shows, that type of thing. And, of course, the first episode will have people talking about their books. And then we've got a Western clinician. And then we also have just a notable equestrian who has the coolest job ever. So people will have to check in with the first episode to hear that. Well, I, you, you know, you mustn't be too picky about who you put in that magazine, because I think I was in it a little while ago. So, yes, yeah. you <laughs> you kicked off our equestrian influencers column. And I'm 
I've been excited to write that and just feature different people in the horse industry that have done amazing, amazing things and really stood out. And Glenn got to be our our first one of that column. I was the guinea pig, Jamie. She 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 couldn't figure out how to write the column, and she needed somebody that was a throwaway. So she <laughs> yeah, put me whatever. in first. <laughs> you got to get burn the first one up. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. It's like our first episode. <laughs> Nobody goes back and listens to that. So no, I, you know what? It, it's been a big thrill. I they. It, uh, Sarah wrote something about me as well, and 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 our our horse radio network family, and and uh, it was it, it's just thrilling to see yourself in a magazine that you have read since you were a child, you know, and then talking about uh, trainer of the year and all that. It was just really really cool. So uh, I'm really glad, Sarah, that you're joining the horse radio network family. I feel like you're already a part of it. Oh well, thank you very much. I'm super excited to be part of Horse Radio Network now and the the magazine. All, all of our staff is just super excited about the podcast. And Sarah's been wanting to host a show for about 10 years since I've known her. So, <laughs> so. I'm already a fan of podcasts. So, you know, there's a lot of different ones I'll, I'll listen to. Well, Sarah, I'm excited to get this started. It'll be next Tuesday. Uh, tune in right on this channel. You'll find us. And I saw the lineup of the guests, and I, I like how you teased them and didn't really say who they were. But uh, I saw the lineup <laughs> of the guests, and it looks like a lot of fun. And there's a very big name coming on that I'm, I'm very excited to talk to again that we haven't talked to in a very long time. So, uh, Sarah, we'll see Jeez, you on Tuesday. Tease alert. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank we'll, you. We'll see you on Tuesday, Sarah. Thanks a bunch. Thanks. That's a lot of fun. Well, I've uh, rebooted my computer. How about we see if we can play this trailer for this movie, which I spent so much time talking about that we're so excited about. And uh, I'm going to do that. Let's hope it works. It. Fingers crossed. I'm trying. I'm trying. Give me a second. Fingers crossed. This is called uh, Dream Horse is the name of the movie. It should be in your theaters right now. I think it was hitting today was the first day. So let's give it a try and see if we get it to work. Nope, no sound. Oh no, you're such a tease. You're killing me. This episode was brought to you by Stateline Tag. Head over to statelinetag.com. Click on the shoe fly, don't bother me, uh, right on the front page because it is that time they are hatching, Glenn. This is your pest control headquarters. They've got everything you need from fly mask, fly boots, fly sheets, fly sprays, sprays for the barn. They've even got one of those machines that you can put in your barn that distributes fly spray You know, on the every, every hour or whatever. Equitrol, they have the feed through fly control, pretty much anything you need to take care of a fly problem, but also they even have frontline for your dogs, uh, dogs and cats and frontline front line spray is what I use for ticks on the horses. So that you have to think you have to get from a vet. But anyway, you can find all of these things on statelinetech.com. They even have those fly masks, you know, with the cute little things on the, the, the forehead, <laughs> like the fly on the forehead, or they've got fly mask and fly boots that are cheetah print, which, you know, is awesome. And uh, all the, the, the long nose fly masks, the ones with the tassels on it. There's a million different types of fly masks that you can find and the fly boots on statelinetech.com. So go check it out. Well, today's Horse Health Report is brought to you by Purina Omega Match. 
All right. Well, I would like to welcome Dr. Lauren Proctor-Brown. She came on and talked to us about a health issue not too long ago, and then I found out she had polo ponies. So, of course, we have to bring her on to talk about that. Hello, Dr. Proctor-Brown. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here to talk about polo. So tell us about Team Resolute. Yeah, so Team Resolute is um, me and my business partner, David Eldridge. Um, He has been playing polo for too many decades to admit on air. Um, (laughs) He was the um, polo coach at Cornell University for quite a long time. He has quite a few national championships behind his name. So lots of polo experience there. Um, And I started playing polo a little bit more recently than that. Um, But we started Team Resolute to really um, advance the sport of polo and and train more people, you know, for polo, train polo ponies. So what we do um, is until COVID, we had traveled between Florida and the the Northeast. Um, We're a little bit of snowbirds. And then when COVID happened, we decided Florida sounds really good. (laughs) And we stayed here year round. Um, and we do lessons and we train horses. And now we also started the Ocala Polo Club as well. So that's that's um, managed by, you know, our management company. And then, um, you know, we kind of try to make this a very, like, family-friendly, very friendly kind of club-level polo um, where everyone can kind of advance and improve and, and, you know, learn a lot of horsemanship and sportsmanship and all in a really fun way. Um, so we have... 15 polo ponies right now that are owned by the company um, between the two of us. And they're in various levels of, you know, between um, your made horses that are really lesson horses and things like that. And then go out and play polo. And then um, some that are being trained. Um, We train about two a year. Um, It takes quite a long time to make a polo pony from off the track to playing in matches. So we give them lots of opportunity to, to grow through the the two years that we plan and they're training out over. That was one of my questions is, is it, is it mainly thoroughbreds off the track that you use? Yeah. Yep. So, um, of those 15, there are two that are Argentine bred polo ponies. So they were bred in Argentina, um, and were actually probably three. One was bred in Texas, but is Argentine breeding. Um, and they were bred for polo. All of the other horses had a first career as a racehorse. Um, whether or not they made it to the track, a couple of them didn't, but the majority of them are tattooed and did race at some point. Um, we love to take them at about three or four years old off the track when they've gotten some good experience under their belt. They're a little bit more mature so that they can then learn the sport of polo with a more mature brain. When you try to teach a really young horse, they're not quite prepared for the the rigors that it's going to entail because it's a, it's a lot to expect of them. So yeah, that's what like I was going to ask. A little is, bit older horse. What is a day in the mm-hmm. life of a polo pony? Our polo ponies are, I think, pretty spoiled. They, they live a pretty good life. So they um, are turned out all night. So they get to run around with their friends. They're always in a, in a herd. So they get that herd experience where they're really together. They have friends. They, you know, they interact as a group. You, we don't tend to isolate our polo ponies at all because they have to pull, you know, they have to work with other horses. They have to play with other horses. So they get a lot of social interaction. They come in, they get fed, um, they'll go out on sets. So um, a set for polo isn't just, you know, one rider, one horse. It's one rider, one horse and four ponies being pulled alongside. Um, so it's a whole different beast. Um, depending on the day or where they're at in their season, um, that set might just be a walk set. It might be a trot set or, um, or, you know, a little faster gallop canner set. 
Um, they might work for 15, 20 minutes, if that, um, and then that's their workout for the day if they aren't playing. Um, they then might go to, if it's, if it's a practice day, um, they get to rest all morning. They might go out on a walk if, if they've been in for too long, and then they'll go to practice. So they'll trailer to the field. They'll get tacked. They stand tied at the trailer. Um, they're, they think trailering is just old hat because they do it so often. Um, and then they'll practice. They'll typically only play one chucker depending on the level of play. Um, if it's a pretty beginner match or beginner practice or something, they might do two chuckers. So they'll play, get a break, and then play again. A chucker is a period of polo and only lasts seven and a half minutes. So these guys don't work for long time periods. They work and do a high-intensity workout um, and then get breaks. Um, so they don't do like an hour workout. Yeah. It might not be um, a long time, but it's, it's pretty intense. I would imagine that, that seven and a half minutes yes. is think about that. Think about running for seven and a half minutes back and forth and round. You, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a lot. And it's it looks like a lot as a rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a lot as a rider. So as a rider, your day looks a little different. So you might be riding multiple sets if you're um, if you're the groom or taking care of or working all of your horses and then, you know, you're not just playing one trucker, you're playing several truckers in a practice. So anywhere between four and six or, you know, a big practice, you might have eight horses to work. Um, how do you, how do you warm up a, a polo lot. pony getting ready for that, that's, that's running the suicides? Yeah. So, um, they don't get a long warm up just because of the structure of practice. They might get, um, walk, you know, they basically walk to the field, trot a little, stretch out, loosen that. I like to warm my horses up on a loose rein so they can stretch their neck down. Um, and then ask them to start, start cantering, do some flying changes, get them kind of ready to go some quick stops because they'll be expected to stop on a dime. Um, we call those rollbacks when they stop quick and turn around the other direction. So you'll do a, a little bit of that give them a little bit of a breather depending on the horse. Some horses need a little bit more of a blowout. So you might like gallop them a little bit before they play. Um, or you might just tune them up, do a couple flying changes and let them get going. Um, so it depends a little bit on the day and, you know, the heat and what that horse individually needs. Um, but the majority of them maybe get like a five minute warm up, and then they start working. So wh what type of shoes do they wear? Because you talk about the rollbacks. That's not something that you could do barefoot. I would imagine. No. So polo ponies typically are shot all around. So they have four shoes on. Um, their shoes have an outer rim on the bottom so that they have a little bit more grip. And their hind shoes actually always have cocks on them. Um, in places where it's really rainy, like England, they'll have studs that will be put into their shoes for a rainy day. In the States, we typically don't play in the rain. Um, but <laughs> in England, they have to. So we don't typically have studs, but our hind shoes do have heel cocks on them. Um, so that gives them a little bit more grip and they have an outer rim on them as well. So they, um, unlike an eventing shoe has an inner rim on it. A polo shoe has an outer rim, which gives or them like a little a, bit of a different sort of a grip. race plate has a rim on the front to help them grab, but it right. doesn't help them turn right. very well. So, right. It, exactly. So that's a full rim, the whole, the whole width, the whole length of the shoe. Yeah. So they get a lot of grip and you definitely really want them very grippy and you want them shod very tight. So there's no heels, like there's nothing hanging off the back as far as that their front legs could grab. Um, we want, we want our horses shod very close to the actual hoof so that we don't rip their shoes off. Um, but they do tend to lose shoes. They tend to spin themselves right out of their shoes. Not they're horses. infrequently. <laughs> yeah. they're horses. When you Still ask a horse to spin that quickly, they definitely lose shoes. Well, you know, yeah, as so a, as a participant, I, I work with a rescue organization here in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and I have been very fortunate to adopt out many horses, probably, 
you know, in the la- last year, we adopted out eight or nine horses for off the track to go be polo horses. And I just know mm-hmm. that those horses are going to have the best life because that's how horses they're trained intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trained exquisitely. And then they're also taken care of because you, it's no good if it's lame, you know, so you guys take such good mm-hmm. care of it. Um, mm-hmm. now the thing that they liked, uh, the people I, in Texas that I was dealing with 15, two or under, and they like them to be fillies or mares. Yes, we do like mares. So mares have a little bit more fight in them. So when you want that like extra little push, you really want to win that match. You really want to win that ride off or you really want to get that ball. the truth about all females. (laughs) Yep. We just got that little extra little bit of fire. (laughs) A little bit of... We do have have some geldings um, and they are just rock stars. They do their job. They go out there. But they're not the horse. If I was like, if things are tight, we're going into overtime. I'm not going to pick a gelding. I'm going to pick a mare. Wow. That's so cool. That is so cool. (laughs) Well, listen, where can people find out? I believe your website is teamresolutepolo.com. Is that where they should get a hold of you for lessons or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Teamresolutepolo.com. You can get a hold of us. You can um, talk to either David or I do lessons all the time. So (laughs) there's so much going on. And we're just about to start our summer season here in Ocala. So um, we do also always welcome the spectators to the field. So if you want to learn anything about polo, want to come out, watch a match, you want to get on a horse, um, we can set up anything your your heart desires. But in order to learn polo, you do have to know how to ride first. Yes. Yes. So you're not doing beginner lessons here, people. This is for like, this is like you've uh, actually, it's just something that I really want to do. I think it'd be so fun Mm. to play polo. So I'm going to go ahead and book a lesson and take a trip to Florida. I'll see you. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) We'd love it. All right. Dr. Lauren Proctor Brown, teamresolutepolo.com. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about polo ponies one-on-one. Thank you for having me. Have a good rest of your day. You too. When I lived in Kentucky, I would see the people doing their sets and it'd be like one person and then riding a horse and ponying two on each side, just going, just trotting. They'll take the whole, there'll be five of them. And you see it here a lot around. You'll see them riding around the tracks and they'll have five horses. And (laughs) ponying one is hard, let alone five. Uh It's crazy. Well, if horses can't get out on green grass for their daily dose of omegas, Purina's got you covered. The Purina team of PhD equine nutritionists have two new products that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids and taste better than many sources. Yeah, especially fish oil. That's kind of taste crappy. Try the new Purina Omega Match Timothy-based ration balancer or the Ahi Flower Oil Supplement and see for yourself why these are among some of the best omegas that nature offers. It takes science and love together, each pulling their weight to help your horses live their best lives. Put our research to the test at PurinaMills.com slash Omega Match. That's PurinaMills.com slash Omega Match. I think I finally got the sound working. I think actually my very expensive mixer is failing is what's happening, which makes me very sad right now. But what doesn't make me sad is that I can finally play this trailer I've been teasing. So this is the dream horse trailer that we talked about before, about this little town. You don't have to reintroduce. Just go for it. So here we go. There's a little bit of music at the beginning, but then it starts. Sixteen eighty three, please. Thirty two pound twenty eight, please. 
I'm telling you, boys. She was my horse, and she won. I've seen him in here before. Was a racehorse, does he? Owned. Really, he almost lost everything. Things are a little tight cash-wise these days, so... Nice sirloin. Cheers, Nettis. I need something to look forward to when I get up in the morning. I'm going to breed a racehorse. Absolute madness. It's normally wealthy professionals who are going for this kind of thing. There's ways of doing these things, isn't there? 20 people in the village put in a tenner a week for two years. No! When the horse is born, everyone will be owners. We'll all have an equal share. Ha! If you lot are good enough to own a bloody racehorse, so am I. It's a tenner every week, Kirby, you pillock. Oh, God, he's gorgeous, isn't he? We need a name. What about Dream Alliance? Is our dream, and we're all in it together, so Dream Alliance. Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! Remember, there's a less than 1% chance this horse will ever win a race. He's facing the wrong way. If he keeps going in that direction, he'll end up back in the village. He's pretty rough around the edges. Come on, lad. Governor? He's definitely got something about him. Spirit. Character. Like his own. Be brave. This is what you want to do. We're going to the races. Our horse is gonna race! <laughs> So proud of you. Seems like anything was possible. The horse from nowhere has captured the hearts of the nation. We lost our jobs, our community, even our pride. And then Dream came along and reminded us what life is like when you are cold. dusty in here <laughs> and cold i have goosebumps too uh, and after watching the documentary you know so much of that I, get, I just remember from the documentary is true i mean they, they made a sensationalized a little bit but not much this was a colorful group so i'm excited excited to see it, it might actually go to the movie theater to see a movie that's a weird oh thought gosh that is so exciting <laughs> uh, have you been yet what's it no, I haven't been, but uh, that's because the big awesome theater up here closed. It just closed, so I think they're t- like they're doing things now where you can rent the theater out for a screening. Like get twenty people together and come and watch a movie, and it's like two thousand dollars. So yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, I I um I haven't been, but I do want to go. Uh, what is this rated? Is this one I can ho- uh, hop in the car with Lucas? That's and- a good question. I can't imagine that this is rated anything but PG. I don't know. They cuss a lot in Scotland or in uh, Wales. <laughs> that's true. You might not understand what they're saying anyway. Um, let me look, because that's a good question. I don't think, I am not sure that this is uh, even says on the website. What What's a movie rated? called? Dream Alliance? Dream Alliance. Dream. And it's Dream Alliance or DreamHorseMovie.com is where you can go find the trailer. It's not, it doesn't say. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to check it out at your local theater and see what it's rated. It's got to be PG. I can't imagine it's anything anything more than that. Yes, it's PG. Look at that. All see, right, there good. you go. Good. There you go. All right. It is time right for the equestrian fact of the day, and it's pretty short. And now it's time for today's equestrian who knew fact of the day. 
So my fact of the day is actually very scientific, and it was put out by ScienceDaily.com. A new study of ancient DNA from horse fossils found that North American horses and Europe and Asia horses actually were one horse population way long ago, like hundreds of thousands of years ago. Because of that little bridge we all heard about that went between Alaska and Russia— so apparently the horses would come back and forth and come back and forth and come back and forth. And now they have proof through this DNA testing that they all go back and they, they interbred multiple times over hundreds of thousands of years. But then what happened is that little land bridge went away and the water got in the way and uh, the horses in North America kind of died out and they were completely gone by about 11,000 years ago. So, which in, evolutionary terms is like nothing. Uh, but that's why you've always heard that the Spanish reintroduced horses to North America is because they really did. Horses were here, but died out, and then uh, they reintroduced horses. So what the point is of this whole article, and it's a peer-reviewed paper now on everything, what the point is, is that that horses are now to be considered in North America reintroduced rather than invasive. In other words, an invasive species brought in from another place. and Who they didn't would live call there. horses invasive? Well, well, everybody that's trying to get the horses out of, to round them up and not have them in the wild anymore. But so they've been reintroduced to North America. They were here before and they were directly tied to the European and Asian horses of old. So there's like I was your, thinking, okay, well, why did they die out? What was happening 11,000 years ago? So I question. figured out what year it was 11,000 years ago. Do you know what year it was 11,000 no, years I don't. ago? 8,979 BC. That's a long time. (laughs) It's a long time. It's a long time. Like, it's not that long for evolution. That's a long time ago. (laughs) You know, the Romans weren't even around to about zero. So, I mean, there you go. (laughs) We have no history at all except for fossils. That's right. God, it's like looking up at space and seeing all the different stars and and all the things up there. And just it blows your mind. It just blows your mind to think of how long the Earth has been here. God, thing, it's crazy. And that animals have been living here before the big asteroid came and wiped them all out. Uh, if yeah. that's what happened. If that's I mean, what happened. <laughs> we don't even know. Because <laughs> it was 8,000 years and 79, you know, BC. It's, uh, God, it's crazy. All right. I got some weird news and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, but before we do weird news, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Equiderma. Equiderma wound ointment is a must-have in your medicine cabinet. It visibly amplifies wound healing, stops proud flesh from developing, minimizes scarring, reduces pain, all kinds of things. It's awesome. It keeps the bugs out of the wounds, too. Man, I put that, I put, that's like Frank's hot sauce. I put it on everything. It, it really does work, and it really works here if you've got uh, white line, if you got any kind of skin thing, try it, give it a try. It really does work on all the Florida stuff, and if it works on Florida stuff, it's going to work anywhere in this country. You can find well, we it. We have horse flies here, and you know they get those little circles on their belly. Yep. The horses, like, and they really have itched. If you put some of this Equiderma wound ointment on it, it keeps the bugs off of it. It's so awesome. And you can find it all at Equiderma.com. Equiderma.com. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. It used to take me hours to create this segment because I'd have to pour through all the news aggregators to find all the different weird stories. But now 
Y'all like this segment so much. I get lots of messages about it. It's really cool. And then I got lots of suggestions. So people, if you see a weird, if you're, if you read a story, you're like, huh, that's weird. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com subject weird news. And uh, I'll get it in because this is uh, who sent me this week. Laureen, Charlotte, Rochelle, Alicia, April, and Lindsay. Um, now Charlotte, that's completely inappropriate. And I can't talk about that on the air, but <laughs> big surprise. Charlotte sent you something inappropriate. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, not doing that one. <laughs> we'll get a, a rating uh, for our uh, on the podcast players. We're going to have the R anyway. rating. We'll be past PG at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I won't do, uh, I don't tell who sends me what stories because I don't think it's fair to reveal where you're looking at your news, but let's start with last week. I I I led off with a lottery ticket story where the guy, uh, you know, the, the, the guy handed him the wrong ticket and he threw it in the trash and then he had to go back to the store and get out the trash. Well, let's move, let's hear this California lottery ticket story. So in Norwalk, California, Somebody won the drawing for the $26 million California lottery. And uh, the drawing was sold at this one specific Arco in the LA suburb of Norwalk. And Thursday was the deadline to redeem it. And no, nobody did. No, some, nobody redeemed a $26 million lottery ticket. And uh, a store employee is like, you know what? This lady came in the other day and she said that it was hers. Um, apparently this woman was captured on surveillance video and buying the ticket and the convenience store turned it over to California lottery officials. So she bought a ticket, but where is the ticket? Glenn, you ask, where's, where's the, the ticket? ticket? She's like, um, so I bought the winning lottery ticket and I had it, but I washed it in my washing machine and I <laughs> Did can't you know it was a winner before she put it in the washing machine. I'm, I don't think so, but they figured out that it's hers. And so like, it's, can I just have the money? Because I am telling you that I had the ticket, but I put it in the wash. Lottery officials are investigating the claim, but if the woman doesn't have the ticket or the, yeah. any photographic evidence, She's out of luck. She is out of luck. $26 million by doing, you see, that's why I don't do laundry, Chad. Would you just jump over? Would you just jump off a bridge? Would you just? (laughs) No, but here's the thing. Like officials say the 19, I I guess it was 19.7 million she would get. It's going to go to the California public schools. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes me not want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. So you're doing good. The (laughs) store gets $130,000 bonus. Oh my God. Could you imagine you wash? And she knows for a fact it was hers because she plays those numbers. I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. It, 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 she wasn't the one commenting. It was she, this lady came in and told the store employee, I'm the one who bought the ticket, but I watched it. So I don't have it. Uh, th- that in mm. a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. Yes, it will. <laughs> so apparently wild boars are becoming a problem in Italy. Uh, and there was a Rome and a Rome supermarket. There was this lady who was um, putting her groceries in her car and it was like West side story. Like, 
<laughs> this group of boars surrounds her. And this is all caught on camera. They corner her in the parking lot. And they start like coming in and coming in and coming in. And she's like screaming. She can't get away. She's like, oh my God. She throws her groceries up in the air. And all of the animals, the boars, jump on the groceries and like eat them and grab all the food and take it off into the woods. So she loses the all of her groceries. Mugged her. They mugged her. <laughs> Legit mugged her. Now, here's what I thought was interesting. Apparently, wild boars are a big menace in Italy because their only, uh, only things that eat them are wolves, and there's only fifteen hundred wolves, and now there's uh, hundreds of thousands of wild boars, and ten thousand car accidents every year are caused by boars, and it's. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because I, you guys know I am a vegetarian and I'm, I love animals, but apparently last year there's a, there's a, a side note that goes on with this is <clears throat> quote in October last year, animal rights activists were outraged after a sow and her six piglets were killed by police on a playground in the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine the, 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 the bunch of wild boars are in a playground. They're probably going to have to take them out. Have but you apparently, seen the damage they do to the ground? They apparently they have ruined millions and millions oh, yeah. of euros worth of crops. Oh, yeah. last year we have them. They've overrun the Ocala National Forest, and so hunting season for boar is now every day, twenty four hours a day. If you see a boar, you're allowed to shoot it. There's no hunting season on boar. You can shoot them anytime. Matter of fact, they want you to because they'll destroy it. They just dig up. If they come into your yard, you will have to have the professionals in to resod it. They wow. destroy it. They're just, they're nasty critters, actually. <laughs> so, well, apparently go. they're mugging people in Italy. So they're, they're unionizing. <laughs> and it's not just America. They're apparently unionizing worldwide. Yeah. So Douglas, Arizona is a place right uh, at the border of Mexico, kind of the Southeast. And the uh, people in Douglas, Arizona were like, uh, what do we do? So they called the Arizona Game and Fish Department in Tucson, and uh, Highway 191 needed to be shut down. So the Cochise County Sheriff's Office, the Border Patrol, the Douglas Police Department, the Arizona Fish and Game Department, and also all of the people that work like in the uh, utility pole, all of these people have to descend on this one small corner. Why do you ask? Because a ginormous brown bear climbed a utility pole in the city's downtown area. And they had to like call everybody because they had to turn the power poles off because obviously it's going to electrocute somebody. They were like, maybe we have to catch them. So they had the fish and game department, the police, uh, the border patrol. Cause they're right on the border. Nobody could figure out how to get this bear down. Like, <laughs> He's stuck. I mean, he's kitty, kitty, the, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> there are photos and this bear is all the way at the tippy top of a utility pole holding on to power lines like, hey, guys, and he is just chilling. And so apparently he stayed there for quite some time. And um, please, I guess tell he me, just please tell me a fireman went up on the hook and ladder and, and grabbed him like he would a kitty and like a baby. Come here, baby. Yeah, come Hop on, I'll on carry it. it down no, the ladder. no, no, no. Uh, turns out they just waited. <laughs> Nobody knew what to do. And so they're like, well, 
I guess we'll come down. <laughs> and guess what? He got hungry and he came down <laughs> and he just wandered off into the woods, like totally normal, like no big deal. And nobody knew what to do about it the whole time. I mean, what are you going to do? You but they had to turn out the power because off. fall out and hurt himself, you know? And if yeah. he's, he, they had to shut down the whole freeway because of like, what happens if he just walks across the freeway, he's going to get hit and somebody's going to get hurt all the things. So anyway, that, I thought it was a pretty interesting story. <laughs> I got two, two more. Oh, Lord, this one is, uh, this is pretty interesting. Schaumburg, Illinois. I've actually been there, Illinois. Uh, nearly, oh gosh. So this woman went into an extended stay hotel with her pets. But due to COVID-19, the hotel stopped providing room cleaning services last March of 2020. Um, when the lady moved in to this extended stay hotel with her three rabbits, that's all she had, just three rabbits. And in 15 months, she now has 47 rabbits living <laughs> in an extended stay hotel. Nobody knew about them for a year. She's like, I just started with three. And in 15 months, there's now 47 freaking rabbits in her extended stay. Can you imagine <laughs> what, what like. 47 rabbits looks like in a hotel room? Well, I can because I'm looking at a picture of it. And it's as horrifying as you can I imagine. It, There's because like, it was extended stay, they didn't have daily maid service in this one. No, what they, they were saying, they closed it down in COVID, because of COVID. Oh. They stopped providing room cleaning services last March of 2020. So these rabbits have remained undiscovered for 15 months. And uh, they have now... Um, they're looking currently for a foster home. So if you're in the Schaumburg, Illinois area, you uh, can have a couple bunnies. There's well, bunnies of all She's colors. looking for a new place to live. Or, yeah. Oh my God, this story. I saved it for last because I'm really excited. So there's a young boy named Noah. He's four years old and his mom's name is Jennifer. And Noah was having to use his mom's laptop for remote learning because his little iPad wasn't working and she was in another room. And, uh, I guess throughout the day after, after his remote learning was over, he's got aut autism. He's like on the spectrum and he was walking around going 51, 51, 51. He's, she said he kept saying the number 51 all day. He was walking around saying 51, 51, 51, 51. She's like, Oh my God. Okay, fine. 51. Great. She didn't think much of it because sometimes he repeats things. He's on the spectrum. And then she got the call. <laughs> what? She got the call from her sister, cussing her out. You need to stop ordering all this stuff off of Amazon. He ordered 51 cases of SpongeBob popsicles. <laughs> Three huge boxes, each weighing 70 pounds <laughs> and requiring immediate freezing, arrived at her sister's house. Oh my God. Apparently, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's when Jennifer discovered she was the proud owner of 51 cases of SpongeBob popsicles, costing <laughs> just under $2,600. Oh. Uh-huh. She just, she's a single mom, like oh on her God. own. And apparently now 51 started to make sense. Guess what? Amazon won't take the ice pops back. Number one, because they're a third party vendor. And number two, obviously nobody's going to take food back right. off of an online purchase. 
She's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So a friend of hers started a GoFundMe hoping to just pay off at least some of the popsicles. And I guess she was selling the popsicles too. Uh, They paid off the popsicles on the GoFundMe within 24 hours. This is where this gets to be a good story. Donations kept coming in and she's using all the extra money for educational support that he needs. She hopes to send him to a school for children on the spectrum. And uh, they said Noah would really like to, that too but his real dream is just to meet spongebob in person <laughs> so was he doing it through alexa or something did it say he he, he used it was on her computer her laptop uh, because of the his ipad wasn't working and he was using it for school the picture is these cutest boys standing on a box eating a, like three huge boxes eating a spongebob <laughs> popsicle oh my god this was on cnn okay this is how viral this thing went but it's adorable so yeah he just he was on her laptop and you know, I'm, you don't have to put in the password on my phone for Amazon. So he just kept ordering, kept clicking. It's good. You know, it could order, have been worse. Order. He could have ordered like uh, 51 uh, diamond rings or. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, those at least you couldn't return. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He liked popsicles and he liked SpongeBob. So God love him. He ordered some SpongeBob popsicles. That's funny. I hadn't heard that story. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We appreciate you stopping by. We want to thank Purina and also Stateline Tech for sponsoring today's show and Equiderma as well. Hang on, auditors. We'll chat for a minute or two here in the post show. Uh, but otherwise, tomorrow is uh, the fox hunting show. Tara and Jennifer will be here doing a new fox hunting episode. And then Friday, we'll have really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We have uh, almost $500 in prizes we're giving away this month. So you definitely want to look for ads and get them into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Don't send them through our Facebook pages. Private messages through Facebook, we don't always see. We have a lot of pages. So uh, to, if you want to be guaranteed you're entered and your ad gets read, then you have to send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. That's it for today. Thanks. Oh, and you can find Jamie at Jamie, uh, oh yeah, I was thinking email. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com if you want to send me an email or you can find me at Flyover Farm on Facebook. Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. Boom, there you go. Spay, neuter, and geld. 